You're listening to Honoring Women of Color in Public Health. This is an official podcast of the Public Health Podcasting Media Network, hosted by Lindsay Smith and Dr. Abram Moreno. In this podcast, we feature women of color who work in the field of community, global, and environmental health to provide support, inspiration, guidance, and mentorship along your journey as a woman of color in public health. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to the Public Health Podcast Network. My name is Lindsay and today we will be honoring women in public health. We have Naisa Perger, an MPH and public health advisor at the CDC with us. Naisa, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Let's get started by telling our audience a little more about you. Sure. So um, my name's Maista, and I'm originally from Haiti. Um, I came to the United States when I was six years old, um, and I was homeschooled for quite some time where I had to, I went through ESL courses and had to learn the language. And from then on, um, I started school when I was 12. So I was homeschooled for about six years, um, started school when I was 12, and pretty much my education went on. Um, and then in college, I majored in public health, where I subsequently decided to get my MPH, my master's in public health, with a concentration in health promotion and disease prevention. So I'm also an avid hiker and a cat lover. <laughs> what year did you did you graduate from college? So I graduated in 2017. Um, yes. And then I started my MPH program in 2017. And then I graduated in 2019. So it was a two-year program. I've heard that public health as as a undergraduate program is something that's sort of new. So it's um, I myself am a public health major at American University. So it's nice to see someone else who's who's in that field as well. What public health topics interest you the most, or or you are dedicated to the most? Would you say? So that's a good question because that was one of the challenging parts of me. Um, part for me, uh, when I was trying to figure out which concentration did I want to focus on and also what kind of experience and what kind of, what did I want to take away from this program? Because grad school is essentially an investment and you want to make sure that your experiences itself are also investments. But as far as figuring out what I'm dedicated to, it wasn't really until I got my first job in undergrad, which in, in undergrad, which was, I was working as a research assistant and health educator, where I knew that I wanted to work in the community, the whole nine to five, or just sitting at a desk all day was not the type of environment I, I see myself thriving in. So being in community, working with elderly, which was what I did. And then also I had an interest in maternal and child health from my, when I was younger, um, because I, one time in undergrad, um, we had like a guest speaker come in and they talk about like their research experience with maternal and child health. And so I was interested, but at the same time, you know, coming from an immigrant where, you know, you have to learn the language, you're meeting new people, you're, you're learning things every day. That was a little bit of challenge narrowing what part of public health, like, did I enjoy the most? Um, but it really, I, I would have to say my public health journey really helped hone down in that. So it's definitely you have a range of interests still. Correct. I think there's there's so much beauty in that. Um, public health is such an interdisciplinary field. Mm -hmm. And with all the branches that are within that um, space, I don't see why you should only choose one. So right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this podcast is to honor women of health, of 
course. And I would be honored if you could share a little bit about what you've seen and experienced, women with your experiences, and particularly a Black woman in public health. So when I first started um, grad school, um, there's been numerous times where I felt alone. And by alone, I I really would have liked people to be around people who look like me. Um, Public health, when I was in grad school, was a predominantly white program. Um, There were, yes, there were sprinkles of different um, ethnic backgrounds, but for me personally, it would have been nice or comforting to be next to someone or be around someone who understood me from like a cultural uh, lens. Um, And I think that's the beauty of public health, right? You work with different types of people who come from different types of backgrounds, but sometimes it's just very comforting to be around someone who understands your experiences, although they do have different backgrounds or different walks of life. But sometimes you just look at someone and you don't need to say anything. They completely understand where you're coming from. And um, there's been times where um, people have underestimated me personally, whether it's for uh, for obvious reasons. Um, And then there's been other times where I've witnessed microaggressions, burnout, you know, salary issues, um, being underrepresented and high job statuses and the list goes on. And honestly, like I really think um, a hefty portion of, you know, this reason is why Black women, especially women in general, but also Black women specifically, which is our biggest health issue is the system itself. Um, So unfortunately, it continues to happen. um, And it's it's something that definitely needs to to be addressed and worked on for sure. I agree. It's 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 unfortunate, but that you've gone through microaggressions combined with under being underestimated and alone in your education that will lead you to helping the public. I feel right. very there's there's a tinge of irony in that you're feeling exactly. alone while trying to learn how to help the public. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And but I think definitely it speaks to the, the power of representation in, in all fields, but especially public health. I mean, unless there's someone who doesn't look, you know, our country is so diverse and we need people of all diverse backgrounds such as yours and, and all the future public health professionals that are coming up to still pursue public health and hopefully change that system. How would you say you know, the, the microaggressions, the feelings of, of being underestimated, the seeing the differences in salary and, um, you know, the professional life, professional treatment. How would you say that's influenced your experiences in public health, how you view public health and your understanding of it as a field? So the way I broke it down was, one, yes, I'm dealing with microaggressions and, you know, being underrepresented and just going through a slew of just unnecessary, you know, events. Um, and I think I've personally, I've seen like the outsized role that preventable illnesses play, um, not just on a wa- worldwide scale, but also like in communities that, you know, that have a low SES or lower socioeconomic status. And for me, I try not to think about what I'm going through at work, whether it's microaggression, burnout, salary issues, or just negotiating my salary. Um, I think I let my passion speak for me. So I'm very passionate about, you know, focusing on and improving community health and health equity. So coming from an immigrant background and also being a woman of color, it definitely has led me to work twice as hard 
um, as opposed to my counterparts. And, you know, we always talk about social determinants of health, risk factors, um, health disparities, and just the leading causes of morbidity and mortality. And these are the elements that really influence and motivate me. And it's, I view them as catalysts to, to continue doing the work that I'm doing in various communities, but not just in the United States, but also taking that on a global scale as well. So it's, it's really about getting into the mindset, knowing what you wanna do and just tackling it because life will always throw challenges at us and it's, it's up to us to, to continue driving it. You know, it's, it's, it's our decision, it's, it's our career. Um, and it, you just have to focus on what the goal is and what the vision you see for yourself. Mm-hmm. Making the path that we want for ourselves. Exactly, correct. Next all that might come our way. Mm-hmm. Definitely a yearbook quote, passions will speak for itself. Right, correct. Um, so thank you for sharing that because I feel like that's a, a perspective that sometimes feels a little missing. Mm-hmm. Like we, we might hear that uh, women of color, black women in predominantly white spaces may face, you know, these certain treatments, these certain, I guess, environmental determinants potentially mm-hmm. from from all that you've stated but how do you how do you move on from that no right. let me let me retract that not move on but how do you work amiss that what what is the mindset that people carry to you know navigate those kinds of spaces Right. And I, I, that's a really good question. I think it's something I practice and some of my colleagues and friends and, you know, everyone that I know who work in public health, even outside of public health practice. And I think it first starts out by being an advocate for yourself. It's one thing to sit there and take microaggressions and people talking behind your back, blah, blah, blah. But I think speaking up for yourself and knowing the reason why you're here and what your passion is in definitely helps get rid of that or just kind of mitigate that mindset where, wow, am I really wanted here? And then there were times where I felt like, like I've had imposter syndrome, you know, I feel like, am I really, am I really meant to be here? Is the work that I'm doing very impactful? And it wasn't really until again, talking to someone who looked like me saying, Hey, these are the things that I'm going through. And, you know, yes, I just started grad school. Yes. I just started my first public health journey, but I think talking to someone who is seasoned and someone who has gone through something similar, definitely helped pave the path where it's like, this is a safe space for you to talk. You can be brave, you can be, and it's, it's, a, it's a safe space, but definitely talking to different types of people, especially women of color, um, regardless of what field of public health they're in, and just seeing, like, did you feel like you had enough support at work? What kind of support system did you, did you go to, or what kind of support did, were, were they offered to you? Um, and also sometimes like I really enjoyed having a mentor because when I was in grad school, I had a mentor um, uh, who looked like me, you know, I'm Haitian, she was Jamaican. So there were that similarity in culture and she completely understood where I was coming from because as someone who's coming from a different country versus to a, you know, to some a developed country, it's, it's, it's definitely mind opening. And I think having and creating a safe space where people don't not have to feel scared or afraid or you know, something's going to happen to them. They're going to get reported to HR for mentioning anything. It's it's definitely that kind of mindset that I carry on. And also I try to influence other women. Hey, it's okay to talk to me or it's okay to talk to your colleagues, someone who you trust in. Um, because trust in general is a big factor of public health, but it's also one thing to trust the people that you work with. Definitely. 
I, I noticed like while you were speaking, the importance of building connections and building community, you know, not only with the, with the people and the populations that you're working with, but amongst your coworkers, you know, exactly. it's, yep. it's very important to, to form those friendships, allyships, connections, right. When you're working with it, it, it kind of grounds you in some sort of, this is what I know, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, thank you for sharing that. Hmm. On a different note, I wonder, is there something you wish you would have known in the beginning of your studies or, or your career in public health? Yes, um, there are two things I would have liked to know. And the first thing is, um, I wish I knew what public health classes were in undergrad versus grad school, because those are two completely different levels. And it's something I was talking to my friend about, like people go in to grad school blind, you know, they don't know what to expect and they don't know, you know, what part of public health they want to work in. And that's perfectly okay. But I think sometimes it's a little like exposure goes a long way, right? Like it's okay for you to not know what you want to do, but it's okay to be in a class. Like, let's say like I've, you know, auditing a class is like the term, I guess I would use in that in this instant, but I would have appreciated auditing a class or just attending a session or webinar related to, you know, getting my MPH and how that, you know, the differences between me, the classes that I'm taking in grad school or that I'm taking grad school versus undergrad, you know, because when I took epidemiology in undergrad, it was not the same as the epidemiology that I took in grad school. It was definitely more focused um, definitely more formulas. And it was definitely very specific where we use ex- like very, really detailed examples on how to act, like how does epidemiology work? Um, and I think it'll be helpful if schools can implement that in the future where, you know, give undergrad students who are majoring in public health the opportunity to kind of sit in and on a lecture or the fundamental of public health or biostatistics, because these are classes that are very important that you would have to take in, in grad school. And that, that is something I would definitely would have appreciated learning. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was the idea of mentorship. Um, sometimes mentoring is a huge, I'm a big proponent of mentorship. And I, I mentor a lot of people. And I also, um, I'm a mentee myself. And so I think, you know, learning how, not just learning how public health work, but learning about you know, how did you get to where you are? Like what pathways did you take or who did you connect to? What were some of the challenges for you when you were in grad school? Um, And I think those are the questions that I pose when I'm looking for a mentor. And also mentorship is a two-way street, right? It's not supposed to be one way. Like I learned from you and you learned from me and we continue that connection. And I just wish there were more mentorship possibilities or opportunities um, for not just in undergrad, but also in graduate school as well. I think those those are very interesting. I feel like exposure, mentorship, kind of go hand in hand. Um, mm-hmm. Being aware of what you're going into, I think makes the journey, you can make the journey more intentional that way. And um, I think that's definitely something that public health uh, programs uh, should be keeping in mind because I definitely agree that mentorship and understanding, you know, what goes beyond um, undergraduate classes, very important. I, I right. can't say myself as, as a freshman in college that I can speak to um, really mentorship or even what master's classes in public health are like. 
and I'm even considering that route. So something I'll have to get into myself. As we're approaching the end of this podcast, I wonder if you could share some recommendations for anyone that's interested in public health or the work that you do um, as a public health advisor at the CDC. I think my recommendations for people who are interested in the field or even people who are still trying to navigate it, I think one of the first things I did was figuring out um, what parts of what parts of public health that I dislike, because that that is also just as important as figuring out parts that you do like about public health. Um, and one of the things I I realized about myself is even when I was um, I applied to the CDC fellowship, and I was just like, well, my passion is infectious disease, but I also don't know about environmental. I was fortunate to actually get placed in my top choice of infectious disease, but I've spoke to other fellows, and they were not as um, not happy, but they were not as okay with the placement that they got because they're passionate about health policy, but yet they're working in environmental health. So my thing is, it's like, it's okay for you to not automatically know what you want to do right away. But I definitely think seeking out different parts of public health, getting your feet in the door, or just talking to other students, regardless of what they're majoring in or what they're studying on a graduate level, definitely helped me because one of the first things that I did when I, when I was applying to grad school was reach out to current students. Hey, I know you're, you're concentrating in epidemiology. Hey, you're concentrating in biostats. What has been the classes like? What has been your experience like? And also what kind of the internships and experiences are you getting out of it? Because going back to my previous statement about grad school being an investment, these are important things to know before even considering applying to that. Because one of the things I really was focused on is what kind of job would I get out of this degree? You know, what kind of opportunities opportunities would be available for me? So my recommendation is okay, don't don't be afraid to take risks. Um, definitely don't be afraid to put yourself out there and be be proactive for sure. And definitely seek all opportunities and possibilities. Thank you. I, it's, I feel like sometimes we can feel so influenced to go through that linear path. Like if we're studying this, then we're going to be doing this and I should only be looking through this lens. Exactly. um, Again, exposure to all that is out there and making connections with people and relationships with people can make our journey more intentional, figuring out what we do and don't like, figuring out, you know, how how do graduate classes operate? I, I feel like that's, I'm thinking about it. Like I, I assumed it was similar to college, just. Nope. <laughs> not. And I, I learned it was definitely not for sure. <laughs> I, I feel like we can taking taking that step to to be proactive and right. learning about um, the possibilities with the careers and the, the futures that we want. Um, we'll just make the journey much easier. Exactly. And definitely stay, stay open minded for sure. So on that note of I guess, being open-minded, what, what would you say are your future plans and your future goals? I feel like my future goals are always changing. (laughs) Um, So, but if do, I, I do want to apply to, um, I'm actually thinking about applying to a doctoral program in public health, my DRPH, um, with a concentration either in general public health or maternal and child health, because one of the things that I do want to do is, um, that I'm interested in pursuing is academia and research. However, combining academia and research, I want to take this on a global scale. 
ideal, the ideal job is to travel and teach infectious disease and maternal child health to people who do not have the resources or to countries who do not have the resources. And me being from Haiti, Haiti is not the only country. There are other similar countries just like Haiti who lack resources, they lack the infrastructure and they lack the you know, people who can actually teach them these, these, these kind of um, things. So that's something I definitely wanna do. Um, I did start a career consulting business. So I do review resumes, um, cover letters for people who are interested in pursuing public health because that's something I actually was not, I would have enjoyed or I would have liked to learn. Okay, what should a resume format be for in a federal position versus a regular job or like how to structure a cover letter? Um, yeah, so those are my future goals are continuing, um, are continuing, but they're also evolving over time. But definitely academia and research and just community engagement, being involved in the community, learning how and community, how they operate, like what are the, what, what conducting a needs assessment, like, well, how can I help you? You know, um, so those are the things that I'm very passionate about. And I include they're included in my future goals for sure. Well, I can only wish the best of luck in your successes and your future goals, because if the pandemic has showed us anything, we need people that are driven like you to figure out what do people need and start making it happen in one right. shape or another. How can listeners of the Public Health Podcast Network connect with you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I can send you that as well. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or just my personal email, which is my first and last name at Gmail. LinkedIn or email for all of our listeners. Again, we want to thank you, Naisa, for joining us. And we honor the work that you are doing in public health. It is so needed. And please know that you are very appreciated. Um, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Honoring Women of Color in Public Health. If you're a student learning more about public health and interested in getting into the field, we encourage you to join us in our call for summer interns. We also have a career network membership at just $10 a month or $100 a year for students. Connect with us, find a mentor, gain more guidance and support through our network. So we hope you enjoy this episode and all upcoming episodes of Honoring Women of Color in Public Health. For more information about our range of programs and services, visit publichealthpodcasters.com.